they don't understand their audience. So it's more of vanity than it is actual value. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's David Allen, and I'm back with another edition of the podcast, and today we have... A gentleman all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Marketology, Jeff Beal. What is up? Hey, what's up, Dave? How you doing? I am doing fantastic. What about you, sir? Oh, doing wonderful. You know, uh, the Falcons are about to win the Super Bowl, so I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> yeah, my uh, like we talked about off air, my sister does live in Atlanta. She actually lives in Milton. And she's not the biggest football fan, and uh, her husband is sort of, uh, you know, he'll, he'll watch on occasion. But, yeah, they they were super pumped about the Falcons being in the Super Bowl. And I have to say, I will be pulling for the Falcons because I despise the New England Patriots. And, uh, <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't turn off too many people. But, yeah, it's going to be a great – I just I just hope it's a – most of all, I want to see it to be a close game. I, I hope so. Yeah, I hope a so. good game hey, anyways. Hey, I don't think too many people will be upset because we all hate the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> they better check those balls ahead of time. Make sure you got all the air. <laughs> exactly. in all right, so let's let's sort of dive into this because uh, you're into marketing, you're into email marketing, uh, of course, which uh, we like to talk about a lot on this show. Let's sort of jump back, you know, to how you sort of got into this whole marketing, you know, uh, and email marketing sort of world. How you got sucked into the vortex? Maybe start uh, back, you know, when you maybe had more normal jobs and how you sort of quickly. You know, got, oh, got sure. to where you are now. Sure, it's a beautiful transition. So when I started, I started in the military. After getting out the military, I worked in the government for the military. And so I was in charge of web design for a symposium that they had. And as I transitioned from web design, I said, well, you know, I really it's funny. I got that job because I told them that their website sucked. And they said, <laughs> well, you, you can do better. You should do better. And so that's how I got into web design. And then from there, uh, moved into corporate, started noticing that websites weren't getting traffic. So me and my big mouth, you know, <laughs> this is a nice website, but you're not getting any traffic. So they said, well, if you know so much, do better. So got into marketing, uh, digital marketing that way. And so from there, moved to an agency, great agency, 360i, worked for them for a while. Okay. Uh, had some great clients, moved into in-house, working with some companies, uh, larger brands. From there, I then transitioned to consulting. And so I've been a marketing strategist ever since. Being uh, in those transitions, I went from web development to SEO to digital marketing and started to see that emails convert more than anything. So I started looking at email marketing, but I would like to say more than just email marketing, marketing automation. So the difference between the two, email marketing, usually uh, you collect emails, you'll send out uh, newsletters, broadcasts, maybe an autoresponder series, uh, but it's based on push marketing, uh, where marketing automation, uh, you're interacting based on the behaviors of your visitors. So um, there's triggers. If they look at this, you'll send them that. If they go to this page, you'll send them something. If they don't go, 
Uh, if they don't respond or reply, then you'll send them another series of emails and so forth. So it's a little more advanced and complex, but it's still in the email marketing family. And that's currently what you're focused on. Yes. Yes. So when did you uh, make the transition into uh, helping people with this kind of stuff? I would say probably two years ago. Started okay. really enjoying this strategic part of it. I love to put together the strategy and and pretty much, I wouldn't say try to manipulate minds, but <laughs> see what works and what doesn't work with, with the person's uh, behavior. Right. So from a, a marketing strategist point of view, as I am as well, and this, this will be an interesting conversation, you know, when you would look at people's websites nowadays, what I find, because I do copywriting uh, primarily, mm-hmm. what I find is that businesses and people who advertise are making the exact same mistakes. You know, they're making these six major mistakes and then there may be some, some side ones. What, what sort of stuff do you find when you encounter new people or you take a look at a website? You know, uh, what, what sort of things are you encountering on a daily basis that people are just not, not doing? I think um, to bundle it all up into one mistake, it is they don't understand their audience. So it's more of vanity than it is actual value. Uh, They are looking at this is what I would like to see and what I would like to hear and how I would like to. But you're not your customer. And I, I tell my clients that all the time. You are not your customer. First of all, you're too close to your product. You know too much about it. It's a lot of assumptions that are there because you know so much where your your audience may not know that your audience may not care about that. So um, a lot of times they don't really understand their audience. They don't listen. So a lot of the techniques that they use, methods and messaging that they use uh, is self-serving. And so it isn't as effective as it could be. Yeah, that is. So that's a great point. That is something I encounter probably on a daily basis is, is that the people... You're, you're exactly right. They're just too close to the product or too close to whatever they offer, and they're not their customer. And so they have yeah. a real disconnect uh, with the market that they're trying to trying to get into or, or trying to sell to. Now, yeah. for, for specifically digital marketing, when you're going to different people's you know uh, websites and stuff, mm. uh, what sort of systems and stuff at a very basic level should people have set up that you've seen you know, uh, create the biggest sort of differences? Um, the biggest difference I would say uh, would be to your, your analytics set up correctly. I mean, if your numbers aren't right, if you don't know what you're looking at, um, you can't really make an informed decision. So that's the first thing. Make sure that your tracking is, is set up correctly. And then based on that, going back to strategy, make sure that you have a good sound strategy and then you can put other things in place. So uh, things such as your marketing automation, uh, you may want to put in your social sharing, even to, to what you're talking about, Dave, as far as content, the type of content to write. You know that because you're looking at the analytics and you are looking at the numbers and you're seeing what's working, what may not be working or some patterns that are, are occurring. Um, that you can get in front of. So I think that's the very first thing. Uh, a lot of times it's not the sexy thing. People don't really <laughs> want to see all that. They want right. to see the, the nice sliders and the beautiful flash animations and videos and this and that. It doesn't matter if you're not converting. That's true. And as a copywriter, that is a big, big thing for us because uh, people do like to uh, pretty stuff up. 
you know, to the point of destroying their conversions and mm. and so forth, and not and not and not they're just not using it. That stuff's not helping them sell whatever it is they're trying to get people to do. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just it's just a, it seems to me a crazy thing that you see it so much, and I can understand why sort of it happens too, because you have people have aesthetic things in their head about how, like you said just you know moments ago, about what they like, mm-hmm. how they want to represent themselves. But again, what are you trying to accomplish? <laughs> exactly, it's such a it's such a big factor, and, it, and keeping it simple often is is one of the biggest obstacles. People think it's uh, we had a guy on the show here couple episodes ago ben settle he's a big email marketing uh. guy and he said that people think that his way of doing things is so simple it couldn't work you know mm-hmm. that it must be it must be there must be more magic and mystery to it <laughs> uh, you know and and it's true it's very some of these things are quite simple but that hard to get people to do because you think well there's got to be more to it than that you know like, uh, you just got to think of how people encounter stuff and how reticent people are to do really much of anything so, yeah. Well, it's just like communicating with people. I mean, you're out, you see a person that you really want to meet. And in your mind, you're thinking of all these wonderful things that you can say that's just going to wow them. Right. And to start the conversation, just walk up and say hi. Yeah. It's that simple. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. You got to start the conversation before you can have one. Yes. <laughs> so for people who are out there who have websites, and they may be listening to this podcast. They may think to themselves, "Boy, am I one of these people who's making these same kind of mistakes?" And the chances, you know, the chances are good that you are. Where should people start? You know, what what, what are the sort of maybe some maybe two or three steps that people can take a look at? You know, to, that may be simple to fix or simple to sort of think about, but maybe they haven't really. Uh, they're not they're not into marketing enough to really know how what an effect that can have. Sure. I would say the first thing to start with would be to a an analytic that has a heat map or a video heat map. I love video heat maps like Inspectlet, um, Ghostwreck. There are a couple of, of ones out there. Of course, Clicktails is out there. But get one of those, put it on your site, and then you can start seeing what your visitors are doing and where they're dropping off. If it's an image or the page is loading slow or there's some copy that just seems to turn them off, some colors, and then start testing. I mean, really marketing, and, and, and I even cringe when I say it because I, I don't like it either. But marketing is all about failing, modifying, and retrying. That's, that's really, you're going to fail sometimes. You know, fail forward. You know, right. try something different. See if it works. And with, with the video uh, or heat map type of technology uh, tracking, you can start seeing some things and you can start saying, well, OK, I notice when they get to this portion of the website, they always leave. Right. And why? And so now you can start making like, again, some informed decisions on what should I do next? I think that's really the first place to start, because if not, you're really just throwing the throwing in the wind trying to figure out where it's going to blow right. instead of being able to actually see some of the some of the traction i think you're right because it's important i mean one of the things that uh, us copywriters like to do is we like to read stuff out loud to, mm-hmm. see, to see where the uh, you know where where there's some the wording is not quite right and the rhythm perhaps uh, <laughs> throws you off so that you, people get stuck and you can see that on a heat map if you're doing it digitally yeah uh, because you can tell where where the you know, if they skip to the end or whatever. 
Because it all sounds good in your head, doesn't it? It when certainly you... does. It sounds good in the shower, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It, it, and, and I think people who aren't into marketing and, and haven't done marketing perhaps for other people or stuff or, or haven't gone through it themselves, like you're saying, the testing, it's hard to conceptualize, you know, this is not, you know, they think this guy is just going to take a paintbrush and it's just going to, you know, a magic wand perhaps and, and make everything in one fell swoop. But it does. it's a it's kind of a grind always to get it exactly uh, converting at, at its highest because you got to test these little elements that, that for some, you know, for whatever reason can often make a massive difference. Yes. And it's usually something small, too. It is. It is. I mean, the people, I mean, stupid things like a uh, button color or. Mm-hmm. The text on a button, uh, yep. you know, or, or stuff like this, which you think, why would that change anybody's, you know, mind? But it, <laughs> trust me, and yep. Jeff is speaking to it does. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the next thing? Once people got that heat map and they're looking at it and they see where people are falling off, of course they're going to take steps to correct that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, what are some of the other things that people should be looking for or can access quickly? Okay, another thing would be actually the path that they use. Do they come to your site, then they, they uh, check your social? Uh, do they uh, respond to your emails? Do, you know, What other channels are, are playing a big effect in your conversion? Most of the time with today's uh, market, people do their due diligence. So they're not going to call you and say, well, you know, I have these questions. Usually they'll try to research it on their own. They'll go to your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, Pinterest, one of your socials. They'll start doing research elsewhere and then make a decision. Making sure that your communication on all of your platforms go in line with what your website is saying and go in line with the strategy that you put in place. You know, you may have your Twitter being a quote unquote behind the scenes that gives that extra incentive. And then Facebook, you may have Facebook as more of your educational platform uh, and YouTube being more your entertaining platform. There's several different ways you can do it, but you want to to see if you can take them on that path. And your analytics will start to show what your first touch would be, uh, all the ones in between and what your last touch. And you'll see the, the commonalities. And based on that, you'll start to notice a, a trend and you can start to I, I don't want to say manipulate I hate that word but it's, it's kind of it's kind of the truth you yeah. start to manipulate the behavior of your audience because now you're saying if you're going to this let me push you to this other channel because it's the channel that is the next in line for that greater conversion path right. and then based on that let me suggest and keep suggesting not 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 selling because that's right. another thing that a lot of websites and a lot of businesses do wrong. They try to force you to buy. Right. You want to suggest, and then they decide to purchase. They want right. to to purchase it. So you're suggesting, and as they go through the path, you're pretty much filling the holes that are there for them to make a clear decision to to do business with you. So you know that's really the next step. Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a very good thing uh, to bring up. Is uh, where are these people coming from, and what, and that, and then you can hone in on maybe what too. Also, you know, because a lot of people I think get overwhelmed by mm-hmm. all the different social channels. They're trying to be sort of you know all things to everybody all the time. Yeah, and it's really tough to to uh, to find 
you know, the real people that are going to resonate, that your product or service, whatever it is you offer, is going to yeah. resonate with, because you're trying to be all things to all people, the more you can sort of like niche it down and mm-hmm. find those people that you're going to be able to help the best, you know, you see where that's coming from, like you're saying, uh, you can probably tailor it even more to the people that are bringing it. You know, it's kind of an 80-20 thing. You can bring it. Uh, yeah. If more people are coming from YouTube, they might, the people that are interested in your kind of stuff, maybe more video you know, enjoy video more or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with analytics, you know, you can sort of tell that kind of stuff now because it's getting, I mean, it's getting, you can get the data you can get now is pretty impressive. It is. And, and you know, one of the, uh, another mistake that a lot of companies use, they look at what other companies are doing and they try to base it on that. You don't right. know all the factors in, that, that play into that. I mean, so, you know, yes, take some information from your competitors. That's good to know. But don't base your decision based on what your competitors are doing because you don't know all the factors involved. Right. Yeah, that's one of the sort of things I think I see most too is like people have no idea. Uh, I mean, they do if you sit them down and like go through it all. They have an idea of why people should be buying their products, but mm-hmm. they haven't communicated that in any way. Yeah. They don't have what people would refer to as like a USP. They don't yeah. ha- you know, they don't have this overwhelming uh, reason to people you should do a business with our company as opposed to our competitors and having intel on your competitors like you said is great because it allows you to differentiate yourself yeah and that's another good thing is is understanding first of all who your audience would be but then their needs and then how do you benefit their needs it's it's funny because a lot of times companies from the behind the, the desk want to give you the features and benefits. I mean, they, they're right. like, we offer this, we offer that. But, but uh, you know, w- let me give you a little story. I love giving stories. Awesome. A man walks through the desert. He walks through the desert for three days. He comes to a water fountain. He drinks the water. It's the best water he ever drunk. Is it the best water because it's the best water or just because he was that thirsty? Right. And so the real need is that he's thirsty. So your clients, I mean, and customers, their real need a lot of times don't really relate to whatever the features are. Right. You need to just find out what that core need is and how you provide benefit to that core need. All the other stuff is just icing on that cake. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one of the things I think people often mistake is when they get into business is you see people who say, you know, I'm going to offer this product and because mm-hmm. uh, they may see other people offering the product they're interested in the same thing and it's like you said at the very beginning of this podcast it's more of a personal choice based on what they think than what the market or the people or their audience is telling them Mm -hmm. and like a a very easy way to to have a thriving business is to find out what those people actually want and then just give that to them you know uh that's an easy way to make selling so much easier than trying to force something on something that it may not only be lukewarm to or may not really want or don't see the value of even though you see it you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, it's, it's so hard because and oftentimes and this is you know you sort of referred a few times to like uh, I don't like to say manipulation and stuff like this but often people's desires and their needs are so disparate that can be very difficult so if people are listening to this you might think of this a little harder you know People, I know they need this. Like we just talked about, people should get some heat map software. They might need that because it's, that's something you can use initially to make decisions off of going forward. But oftentimes people desire something entirely different. And as a business owner, you can provide both, you know, and you can often satisfy those desires 
and get what they need at the same time, but not sell on the need, selling yeah. on the desire, you know? So it's, it's very uh, hard sometimes for business owners, I think, to understand that because they because like you said, they are so close to their product, they know that the real value of it, and it's hard. They've just not been good at communicating that. Yeah, and you, that's why they need to leverage people like yourself, Dave, that are wordsmiths, that are experts in different areas. Leverage those experts that know how to pull that out of you. A lot of times, you know, uh, businesses may look at their budget and they may say, "Well, I don't want to spend that money on that." and not not see that that will get you greater return because it'll get higher conversions um you know it's worth it for instance it's funny you may have seen this okay everybody's on the health kick and you see these fast food restaurants trying to force people to come eat their health (laughs) it's a hard sell because a real health person is going to just pick apart from ingredients, pick apart everything that you offer. So understanding who your audience would be, you may not want to go after a vegan if you're McDonald's. It might not work out, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So knowing your audience, but knowing their needs and then knowing how to communicate that, um, that's what makes it so beautiful. I mean, you see see companies like, we'll, we'll use fast food, Wendy's. Did a great job. I mean, Wendy's is a fast food restaurant. Yep. And they kind of tackled the health, health, I would say health food nuts. Right. By offering the salads. And they made the salads the big thing and the the little potatoes, stuffed potatoes, the big thing. And so people are like, well, Wendy's is healthy. (laughs) And it's like, no, they really aren't. (laughs) It's just a fast food restaurant. But they have salads, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but they you know, learn how to do that. No, that's that's very true. You know, I heard a story about Burger King. And they talked about how Burger King, and this is something, you know, as marketing strategy, of course, we're more familiar with. But Burger King's main strategy for expanding their business and for growing their, their, their business to where it is today was they didn't want to have to do all the market research that McDonald's mm-hmm. did, you know, pioneering that industry. Mm-hmm. Uh Instead, they chose to accept that McDonald's had done a lot of the right research, given how successful they've been, mm-hmm. uh, and chose to, to uh, leverage McDonald's research. So, for instance, McDonald's has chosen certain locations for, for market research reasons. Mm-hmm. And Burger King, instead of spending the money to do their own market research largely, they chose to say, okay, McDonald's has already done that research, and look, they're doing pretty good. So what we're going to do is we're going to leverage their research that they've already done, and we're just going to put our locations within, the, you know, let's say two miles of every McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And by that, by doing that, they put themselves in front. Like uh, I can't remember where I heard them. It might have been Dan Kennedy, maybe, or somebody who who I heard this from. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, the easiest way is just to get in front of a parade that's already ongoing. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did there. You know, they just they got in. You know, so people are on their way. You know, they want a quick meal. They don't really care maybe if it's McDonald's. They just, oh, we're already here. Burger King is right here. You know? yep. So that kind of thing is when it comes to your marketing strategy for business owners and people who have websites and stuff. You can tend to look at that kind of stuff too because it can you can be just slightly off and be missing a, a huge boatload of business. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, true. So, Jeff, if people are going to, you know, have one more takeaway from this awesome conversation, you've really given people, I think, a lot to to think about 
I'm sure, because people are probably <laughs> staring at the website, maybe even listening to this, pulled it up on their <laughs> on their computer, on their browser, and are like, oh, man, I think I'm doing that. Uh, what's another takeaway that people should be doing and they can start doing it today? Um, if, if it's relating to websites, I would say make sure that now your website is mobile ready. Um, make sure that people can access your website no matter where they're looking at it on, uh, from, which device. A lot of times if, if they can't pull it up on their phone, and as you know, if you have any type of children, um, they stay on their phone. And so if they're pulling up from their phone and, and your site doesn't look appealing, you can lose a lot of opportunity. Uh, I've noticed from analytics, mobile over the past few years have have increased tremendously as far as uh, the share of traffic. Right. So make sure that your site is uh, available on any device or the majority of device. I'm not going to say any device. Right. You don't really have to care if it's on a BlackBerry. Too many people using that anymore. But right. You know, just make sure that that your your brand is appealing no matter how they see it. Right. And so uh, that's, I guess, you, I would say, as far as web is concerned, I would love to put this in as well. Not just your website, leverage your social platforms as if it was your website right. and make sure they're appealing and make sure that you're consistently communicating uh, with your base on there. Uh, that's going to help you a lot. Even if your website isn't converting where you want it to be right now, you may find some golden nuggets and opportunities uh, within your other real estate, which are your social platforms. So if people are, are you know, are thinking about that and they're listening to your words and they're saying, man, I, you know, I, I, I don't find like I could maybe post enough on uh, or how often should I post? Or there seems to be a lot of like consternation about uh, people, what exactly they should be doing. Is there some sort of simple little template you could give people to how often they should be communicating with those audiences on those platforms? Yeah, you should. Um, so as far as your you know, posting schedule. Um, that comes back into sitting down and actually having a great strategy up front. Right. And then from there, you can Google posting schedule for whatever that platform would be. And it'll give you from other experts that have done the research, some good best practices. Now, that's all they are, just good best practices. Test them and then see how your audience responds. And based on your audience response, which a lot of these platforms have their own analytic. Uh, you can tie that into your main analytic um, and then find out the best times that you start seeing uh, increased engagement. Uh, and I, I, I encourage you to look at engagement versus just pure followers. Right. Um, they're following and not engaged. It really isn't doing you any good. So the engagement and then you can start modifying your schedule based on your high engagement you can start modifying your content based on what is engaged most and then be sure to communicate. A lot of people post and you can use Hootsuite and Buffer and and uh, what is it? Uh, there's tons of those type of solutions that can schedule your posts, but you need to be in the conversation. If, if you're not communicating with your audience, you're losing a big opportunity there to build the relationship because that's really you know, in sales, everybody knows people buy from who they know, like, and trust. You want to build that relationship. 
And actually, Hootsuite gives you uh, an advantage because they have what's called auto schedule. So basically, it will schedule for you at the best times based on and and they have analytics with them as well based on um, best times, best practices, but also your data. So if you're you're I'm not going to say lazy if you're time constraint. um, I'm lazy, Jeff. I'm lazy. I admit it. I I do it as well. I always auto schedule. The first step is to get out of denial, right? Exactly. I. Hey, I, I I have a bit of laziness too. Auto schedule. You right. just get a batch of posts, and let's say you have twenty different things you want to say, and just put it in there and hit auto schedule on each one of them, and it will deliver it at the best times. That's one method you could use without do, doing a ton of research um, and procrastination. Uh, just use Hootsuite, auto schedule it. And then as you start seeing more engagement, then you can start tweaking it to your, your uh, liking. That is awesome. That is very good advice. Uh, you've given a lot of good advice here today for people to get started. Take a look at your websites, people. Check them out and see what's, uh, what may be some, some issues. And, and a lot of these things are very, what Jeff has told us here today, a lot of, a lot of very easy fixes uh, you know, and quick fixes. And it may give you so much more information about what your website is or is not doing that you'll be able to make some uh, you know, some big decisions that could that could change a lot for your, for what's going on with your website. Thanks a lot, Jeff, for coming on the show, man. It's been great. I think you give a lot of information that people can just go implement today, take action with. Uh, if people want to get a hold of you, where do they go? They can find me at MrMarketology.com. That's M-R-M-A-R-K-E-T-O-L-O-G-Y.com. One thing is branding. So on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, it's Mr. Marketology. So uh, all of them are the same. That's awesome, man. So MrMarketology.com and uh, you know any, everything that's every platform tied to that name is where, <laughs> is where you'll be able to find Jeff. He's in Atlanta, Georgia, for people that may be local. Jeff, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. I had a lot of fun. You're, you're a fun guy to talk to. Thanks, David. Thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been great. And for people who want to get a hold of me, David Allen, go to MakeWordsPay.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to DropDeadCopy.com slash podcast. Sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.